back here. Okay, you guys, today I'm talking to my girls about something very, <laughs> very near and dear to my heart. Um, we're talking about murder. What's up, girls? <laughs> hey. <laughs> my friends Katie and Kyla, you've already read the title. We are talking about true crime today. So I want Kyla to go first. First, tell me why we're, well, can we say murderinos? TMTM? Can we say that? Yes. I think we can. I think they would want us to say that because it's just spreading the word. Yes. Um, what What made you a murderino? First of all, until I found that podcast, I didn't know that's what I was because I didn't know that there were other people who looked like in the woods, like when they're driving down the road, like, oh, I bet somebody could throw a dead body in there. You know what I mean? I didn't know other people did that. I thought it was just me. So... <laughs> and I, I remember when I was like eight, I was horseback riding with my 4-H leader and she was like, there, they found a body in the Trinity River. Well, now I cross the Trinity River like 10 times a day and I'm always like, when am I going to see a dead body? Like, I just yeah. assume Same. there's yeah. going to be a body in the river. <laughs> um, anyway, side note. Um, okay. So you want me to tell you my story? Like tell you? Yes. Why? Do you? I, I wanted it was twofold because I want to do this again, obviously, but I wanted to know when did you first realize that you were a true crime aficionado, a murderino, a killer queen? So, you know, obviously the whole dead body in the Trinity River that I just mentioned yes. that piqued my interest. But when I was 11, I was, um, it was in June that I was 11 of 1988. I was at home with my mom and we had some like homeschool co-op stuff going on and we were, our friends were leaving. So we were in the front yard and I heard all these sirens at the end of our block. So we couldn't figure out what was going on. So our friends left and apparently my mom is also a murderino although she wouldn't admit it because she loaded us all up in our fancy van to drive around the block to see what was going on. And when we turned the corner, she had heard from the neighbors of somebody was murdered on your, uh, at the end of the street. And so she was like, she turned the corner and she was like, close your eyes, close your eyes. And so we had one of those vans, like a conversion van, you know, that had shades. Yeah. I mean, y'all remember those like in the eighties. Yeah. So, I was laying in the floor of the van and she was like, close your eyes, but I didn't. And I just remember seeing blood <gasps> going down the driveway and into the um, gutter. And in my like 11 year old mind, I thought, oh my gosh, they lost all their blood. Well, I now know they had like washed it off. They had washed the blood off oh. and it had run down into the gutter. But I didn't know that at the time. I just thought it was just blood running into the gutter. And um, so my mom like talked to the neighbors or whatever. And they said, yeah, there was somebody that was killed. He was called to, it was, there was an empty house at the end of our block. I grew up in Irving um, and he was called there to do a maintenance repair. And when he got there, there was a drive-by shooting and they shot him in the driveway as he was getting out of his truck. So oh. like his, um, the sketch, you know, what's the crime scene sketch? Like his body outline was there for a long time. Oh. Um, we saw like, we 
we the house was empty, so we would like go up against the black at the back fence and see where the bullet hole had gone in through the fence. Oh my god, um, that's cool. Anyway, so that happened when I was eleven, um, and then like most of my life, I was obsessed with true crime and like cult stories. I love a good cult yeah. escape story. Yeah. My dad is likes that too, so he would always read books and then like give them to me and be like, "Here, you can read this," and um. So I had heard that that murder, like growing up, it was tied somehow to the Mormon church. That was all my parents ever said. Well, so probably like, I don't know, five, six years ago, I was reading a book called The Polygamist's Daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, she was talking about when her half-brother was killed um, in the DFW area. And they, like the family came from... Um, they owned appliance shops and he was called out on a fake. And I was like, that sounds like vaguely familiar. And so I Googled um, the father. Um, I think his name's Herbal LeBaron. I Googled him. and That's a hell of a name. I know. And, it's, and so I started reading about the four o'clock murders. So anyway, all that to say, the four, one of the four o'clock murders happened at the end of my street when I was 11 years old. <laughs> and I drove by the crime scene. My mom drove us by the Cute. crime scene. Bumps. Your mom so, loaded you up in the van and drove you down. I would do this thing. The library or something. But you know, she made that up. She was like, get in the van. We got to see what's going on. <laughs> but also, don't look because there's blood <laughs> running in the gutter. Like, oh. Excuse me. You don't even have to load them up anymore with Nextdoor app. Everybody's just click. Here's a, <laughs> here's a picture of what's going on on the street, two streets over. Yes, I love it. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, so that's how it started. So I read The Polygamous Daughter, and then her cousin wrote a book to Ruth Warren is her cousin. I can't remember the name of her um, book, but it also talks about that family. So he was essentially in prison or um, was in prison, and he was called the Manson Mormon because he ordered so many hits on so many people. And so the four o'clock murders were three different people in Texas were killed right at four o'clock. Um, oh. One was his son. One was his, or two were his sons. And one was like a acquaintance. Um, why at four o'clock? Is that like after pickup? What? I don't, I don't know why they, they just all, he ordered them to all happen at the same time. So then, weirdly enough, I was on TikTok over last summer. As you did, yes. Yeah, like <laughs> the pandemic. Um, the girl um, who wrote that book, The Polygamist's Daughter, I think her name's Anna LeBaron or Anne LeBaron. She was doing a TikTok about like a, like a live answering questions. And she was talking about the four o'clock murder. And I, res I sent her a message. I was like, hey, I was... That happened on my street when I was 11 years old. And she was so sweet. She was like, I'm so sorry you had to endure that trauma. I was like, it wasn't trauma. I'm good. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was just it like, it fired me up. <laughs> <laughs> it made me the woman I am today. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so anyway, I was like, no, no, no. I just wanted to tell you that, you know, 
I didn't realize that till after I read your book and I appreciate you and I'm sorry for all your loss because he killed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, granted, she had like 90 something half siblings, but still. Yikes. That whole thing. Yeah. That was cult and murder. Yes. So that, there you go. That's that's why. Ah, oh, that's good. Oh. Okay. That is your hometown. That's my hometown. My origin story. That's <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. That's hysterical. Your origin story. Your origin story. No. Nope, and I'm then she sorry. emerged in a murderino cave. <laughs> <laughs> scouring the web for all. Of <laughs> <laughs> okay. Katie, I want to hear yours. Okay. Mine, so Kyla, you did good with like keeping it short. I was reading facts about mine to remember and some stuff. And also like it happened when I was in 10th grade. So I was just trying to make sure that I was remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was in the 10th grade and my sister was in the seventh grade, there was a boy in her class who was kidnapped and murdered. And his name was McKay Everett. And um, he was home alone. He was in seventh grade and he was home alone. His parents went to an Amway meeting and, uh, MLMs. <laughs> I know they're dangerous. That's the knives. What is, what is Amway? Is that the vacuum? I, I think they do all kinds of stuff. I don't know. Rainbow that and vacuum. Stuff, that vacuum that had the water underneath the rainbow vacuum. Yikes. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. So anyways, his parents went to an Amway meeting and, um, they left him at home, you know, no big deal. Um, it's 1995. Um, he's 12 years old. Um, and he was on the phone with his friend named Elizabeth. And I know, I knew this girl before this happened because she was a friend of my sister's. He was on the phone with a girl named Elizabeth and he said, Oh, somebody's at the door. <gasps> and he never came back to the phone. Oh no. What did so she do? She just, she didn't do anything. Cause she was just like, Oh, I guess, I mean, landlines. Like you get busy and then you just like leave it and he just never came back. And then it was off the hook. Right. So like, you know, she's just like, Oh, well, I would have stayed on to listen. Crazy person. She's totally a girl. Yeah. Um, So her, uh, so his dad, his parents are at the meeting and then they were going to dinner afterwards and they were, they kept trying to call to check in on McKay and they, they couldn't get an answer. And so um, they went home and they found the back door open. And when they went in, um, they were like, okay, something bad has happened. And then the phone rang like very soon after that. And it was a ransom call demanding $100,000. What? Yes. That's a lot of money. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm So um, through like detective work, um, they figured out that, I mean, you know, they called the police. And the police very quickly figured out that this man named Hilton Crawford, who was a very good family friend, <gasps> the Everett's, um, was in a tremendous amount of debt and nobody could get a hold of him. And he had called the mom that the night of the Amway meeting to make sure both of them were going to the meeting. Were they rich? Why would he ask for that much money? Did he think they had it? They owned, they owned a hardware store in town. Um, and he oh. was, in, yes, yes. So like when McKay went and answered the door, it was 
a very good family friend. Yeah. So he opened the door and he killed him. The police later found McKay's blood in the trunk. And then once they were able to gather that information, um, Hilton Crawford drew them a map to where to find. (gasps) Oh, it was in Louisiana. And there were other people involved. Oh, my God. Um, And so Hilton Crawford, his wife was my first grade teacher. (gasps) Yes. uh, That's not. I didn't know him, but we all knew Mrs. Crawford. Uh, He lived in my neighborhood. He lived next door to Elizabeth, the girl that McKay was talking to when he was kidnapped. And in my 10th grade carpool, when we were driving out of the neighborhood one morning, we saw him being arrested in the front yard. Dang, Katie, you win. Good night. Bye. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That was wild. So, and and, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know McKay, but like my sister did, all my sister's friends did. Like when they found his body, it was announced at church because it came out that day. Uh, that morning, like they just went ahead and announced it because it was like small town stuff. So, um, so yes, yeah, so that is my, I guess that's kind of my origin story. <laughs> I guess you would say I've always been super duper interested. Yeah. Like, um, and I, I mean, we didn't have Google back in the day when right. I was starting up. So I could microfish. <laughs> yes. People didn't, people didn't talk about this, but I was always like, really, really interested in, in true crime. And, um, like it's a terror, like that story is awful, awful, awful. Right. It destroyed his entire family. It destroyed McKay's whole family. Um, it destroyed, uh, the entire Crawford and whole family. And he was executed in 03. Um, wow. Good. Snatch it. So, um, just so sad. But also that is like seeing him, like watching it all play out in small town, Texas, like on the TV, like they were pleading, like when they figured out what they figured out was him really fast. And, um, they were like on TV, like Hilton, please, like we like, please just tell us where he is and like all this stuff. And then they finally, you know, found Hilton found, you know, and then did they catch the other people that were part of it? Yes. So there was one other woman who was a part of it and she got like 25 years or something like that in jail. And then, but Hilton always claimed he wasn't the one who killed McKay. It was some man named R.L. Remington or something like that. That's um, a cool name. Sorry. They never found that guy. Like. He just made it up. Pr- yeah. Maybe that's his alter ego. Like, Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they never found him and all of the evidence was in Hilton's trunk. Oh my god. It's killing the kids for me. Like you don't have to uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Oh, I don't understand. That's terrible. Yeah, like how do you get to that point? Yes. How do you get to that point mm-hmm. where you owe, I guess, five hundred thousand or maybe you owe three hundred, but you're trying to like come up or come back yeah. up, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll get a Cadillac or whatever. And then you, you kill the kid. Like you don't have to eat him. Like just kidding here. Bye. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. That's really, that's pretty gnarly. I, okay. So mine's kind of lame. I mean, it's not lame. It's just, 
mine is mine is uh how i became a martyrino i also grew up in irving and um i just have pockets because of how my trauma is set up <laughs> i just have pockets of things i remember and um don't re don't email me i'm doing emdr but I remember a lot of stuff, but as far as like the things that were good and that excited me and that were fun, um, true crime, like OJ Simpson, I remember being in school when the verdict was read and being like thoroughly confused why people were cheering and my teacher was crying. That was weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember uh jean benet ramsey that was in 1996 mm -hmm. so i was i was 14 when that um and it was christmas and at in my foster home we didn't celebrate christmas and so it was already dreary right and uh i remember seeing her picture like i think it was like a black velvet dress with red like everybody had that same Every mm -hmm. kid had that dress and I was like, oh, I got that pattern. But I remember her blonde hair and um, being fascinated by that. Uh, and the same year, that was the same year also that Amber. So JonBenet Ramsey, that was in Colorado. Um, so that wasn't that's not my hometown because, again, I'm from Irving. But um it was also the same year that Amber Hagerman went missing. Mm -hmm. And that was really weird and scary. Um, Arlington is, I don't know, what, 30 miles away from Irving? I'm not good at the map. Not even that. It's not even that. Yeah. Um, but that was a big deal because now we have the Amber Alert and that's that's named after her. Um, and that was a, she was riding a bike through an abandoned parking lot and just disappeared. And, but my hometown story, what I would say was the first thing would be, I was nine and I lived in North Irving and uh, <laughs> on Carl Road, Carl Road in 183, so people that know that will know what I'm talking about. There was a murder at the Taco Bell. And the reason why it's applicable to me is because, one, I frequented that Taco Bell a lot because Mexican pizza, duh. But also right next to that Taco Bell was the Little Dude Ranch where I used to go for, like, <laughs> I think after school situations, maybe. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, in January of 1991, so again, I'm nine, um, two guys walked into the Taco Bell and killed all of the workers in that Taco Bell and then put their bodies in the freezer. And it was all over the news, like every channel, four, oh five, God. eight, and I could <laughs> not get enough of it. It was like Fraggle Rock, fine uh Anne of green gables and then the news because <laughs> they would like it was breaking it was just they couldn't figure out how and what and whatever and so i just remember 
that's my origin story of one learning how to keep time so I could be available to watch the news, to see what happened uh, at this story. So cut to Shannon with my barrettes in my hair and I'm sitting in front of the big old TV that's like on the floor. And why wasn't that a fire hazard now that I think of it anyway, watching Clarice Tinsley and all of them talk about this horrific crime and they were all teenagers and the, uh, two people it was a robbery they used to work there and as an adult now i think about how curious that made me of like what is the dynamic that you just kill people and i remember going to the dude ranch like a couple days later and still seeing the yellow tape around the taco bell like the drive-through like it was mm -hmm. like hey you can't come in here we're we're done right now um and just being fascinated and tr <laughs> trying to leave sorry trying to leave or escape from the dude ranch so i could go to the taco bell it was like the next lot <laughs> over that's how and i remember like thinking how can i break out of here i never did but I just want to go investigate. So man, I'm 38. Like I have wanted to do that um, for the longest time. So that was, <laughs> that was my origin story. So they did um, catch and convict the, um, the two guys that killed. And I looked it up too. They were, the victims were Teresa Frega, who was 16 of Irving Frank of Dallas, Frank Frega, Michael Phelan of Fort Worth, and the assistant manager, and a friend who was there. So they were closing up, and a past coworker who was friends with the group came in to, you know, try to take the cash pot. And they just, they killed them all and then put them in the freezer. So that was the, that's my origin story. That is um, wild. That it is was wild. crazy. It was just, it was the craziest thing. Um, this is really short. I have two more stories I could tell you. <laughs> okay, so I have a quick question too. So yeah. while, while Katie was talking, I remembered it had to have been like the late 80s. I don't really remember. But I was spending the night at a friend's house, like one of the first slumber parties I ever went to. I remember we watched Space Camp and then Bachelor Party because that's appropriate. Oh, okay. um, but we waited till the parents went to sleep to watch bachelor party. But anyway, we watched space camp and a husband murdered his whole family across the street. And that was going on during the slumber party. But I don't like, I don't remember where it was. I don't remember street from where you were watching space camp. Yes. I just remembered this while we were talking. Where in Irving? I think we were like in Plano, maybe. Somewhere Irving adjacent. Yikes. Like it was in, because I lived here. I lived in Irving. Um, and I didn't move out of Irving until 1990. So. Ooh. I know. I, so now I need to figure out who, what, maybe my mom will remember what slumber party that was. I, I don't remember what friend it was from. <laughs> I, don't remember, I just remember space camp <laughs> and murder. <laughs> I. Well, I remember the the guy that killed his two daughters at the Omni Hotel. That was a little later. 
but yeah. it was an honor killing. They just found him in the last year. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and that I remember because that's Los Colinas, and I was like, ooh. And he, I think it was like he was a taxi driver, mm-hmm. and you know, but still a family annihilator. Mm-hmm. Um, my two other things that are meaningful. Um, when the five, and I didn't look this up, but I'm just from memory, there were five convicts that broke out of jail. Oh, yes. I was um, hurting for that. I was at the Irving Mall. You were. I was at the Irving Mall because it was Christmas. We were shop Christmas shopping with friends. Yeah. And um, Aubrey, I can't uh-huh. think of his last name. Or maybe that was his last name. That was his last name. Yeah, Aubrey, Officer Aubrey. Okay, so... Um, this is down 183 where the Irving mall is and across the highway, there was an Academy and it might've been something called something. Different. It was some other sports store, but it yeah. was like, but yeah, it was like, some, like sports chain. yeah. So, and I don't remember where they broke out of prison, but five convicts broke out of prison. It was all over the news, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't like in Irving. And I don't even think it was in Dallas, but how, whatever, um, they were at, the sporting goods store because they sell guns and so they were across the highway um at this academy taking the guns from or whatever the store was and officer aubrey was killed because um i think it was a silent alarm that was triggered or something like that and um he so I'm just let's just talk about Irving for a second. There was an Olive Garden that was on the same side as the um, Irving Mall. He mm-hmm. had just had dinner with his mother-in-law and his son, I think, or his mother and his son. And um, they, I think, he got the call and he went over, which was right across the highway, a quick, you know, uh, to check on it or something like that. And he was killed in action because either i think they killed him they were trying to leave and whatever and i just i remember that so i was at the irving mall and when i think when they said or when it came through dispatch of um officer down or something they shut down the irving mall so we were at the top of the food we were on the second level of the food court my group of friends and we couldn't leave they they just said hey we have a situation. They didn't tell us at the time what it was because I, duh, because it would have been panic. But we couldn't leave. We couldn't go outside because um, of that. And I remember the panic, but also the high key joy of the situation of like, what's happening? This is so cool. And then to find out what happened um, was terrifying. But it was also like there are escaped convicts in my city so like a group of us from the school we went to the to his funeral and it was very i remember that just out of respect Mm -hmm. as a first because he was a first responder but and they caught them all and i think they've already executed a couple of them i think but that just that moment i thought or at that time in my life i thought i want to be a detective I want to be police officer, sure, but you have to be police officer to be detective, and I really wanted to be a detective, and 
it's Marcus Lewis's fault that I'm not a detective. <laughs> um, because when I, I, I've been with him for 15 years and uh, the, Mm, the second year, the first year we were dating, maybe the second year, I was about to apply for the police academy. And he was like, no, please. No, <laughs> he couldn't handle it. Like he didn't grow up with like guns or anything like that. Like he was like, I can't handle it. I cannot imagine you going out and being a first responder. No, I love you. Please. No. And because he was so effing cute. I <laughs> like okay 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 i don't i don't have to do this so and y'all know i've been a detective on the side just being the crazy yes. friend but i remember that of like i want to i want to do this i want to catch bad guys and do that so that was my not origin story but it just it keeps <laughs> happening <laughs> you got skills i'm I, saying you go the extra mile yes and that part of that is childhood trauma, but part of it is just like people are dumb, especially criminals. And they leave so many, you just have to find that crumb. You just have to find that thread. That's what's fun is finding the thread that just unravels, mm -hmm. you know, cause people have this tapestry to hide things. And, and that's the childhood trauma for me of like, we had to, you know, it had to be perfect on the outside, but people who really knew, knew it was bad. And so there is a perpetual something in me that's like, when there's a bad thing that happens, it's like, oh, it's just, they always mess up. You just have to find that first little thread. And when you find it, everything comes to light. So anyway, that's all right. Y'all have to say more stuff now. <laughs> okay, well. I have a confession. Yep. Um, my seventh grader heard me tell my entire story. <laughs> oh, no. Is he okay? No, he's a writer, you know. No, that might have been his origin story. <laughs> hey, except, cool. for, except for he was like, I can't believe that happened. And I can't believe how you just talked about it like that. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I will save this episode so he can listen to it when he has to tell his origin story of when he became a murderino. Aw. Poor baby. Oh, I gotta go talk to him in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> he's okay. Okay. I'm sure he's fine. But so, yeah, so I don't know if it means that I'm, I don't know, I disconnect from all of these terrible things. Like, they're just stories. Mm -hmm. I know not everybody does that. No, so, that's super healthy, actually. No, I feel like that's like psychopathic. <laughs> because psychopaths no, like, don't psychopath. connect. They don't connect. I don't think I'm a psychopath. But they yeah. like find ways not to connect to things. And these whack, these completely wacky stories that are just like other, you know, they're just, they're wild. And I truly like it could happen to me but I don't think it's gonna and I'm not gonna live my life thinking that it's gonna so it doesn't bother me I just find it very interesting um, yeah. how people can hide things or how they can um change their minds or you know like be one person and then mm -hmm. be a different person like that is very interesting um to me <laughs> I love it so my poor child 
I know. I told Lily she had to, or I told my daughter I had to go. She had to go to bed because I needed to talk about murder. And she was like, "Oh my goodness." <laughs> it's also like finding other people. Like that's comforting too. Of yeah, yeah sure. We we can talk about um, General Hospital, but did you see that the serial killer was caught that killed like ninety women? Like. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's such a vibe to find, especially women. I guess guys, it's kind of creepy. Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> when guys are over eager, but um, when you find other women that love or know who Ted Bundy is mm-hmm. or, you know, have watched Mindhunter, like, it's like, yes, you found your people. <laughs> so true i remember when i was first married so we got married in 2001 um and then lacey peterson was missing in 2002 and um she was like about my age newly married i was obsessed Mm -hmm. i watched every news like i would come home from work and just be glued to the television and um i remember brian saying this isn't healthy and i was like "No, no, no no Her husband did it. Just wait for them to arrest him. We all know. We yeah. all know. But that was like, as an adult, that's the one I remember, like, really being interested in. Because it's always the husband. Always the husband. The guy that blew up the house with him and his kids in it. Uh, oh, there was that cold. Oh. Remember? Mm-hmm. They have a new season of that out. You're talking about Cold Case. It was that Cold, cold case, case podcast. It was Josh, Josh, Josh. Josh. Yes. Josh. I can't think of his last name. He was a there Mormon, was too. He was so a what? Creepiness. Mormon. He was Mormon, too. But it was also like his dad was really oh. weird. Like his dad Real was in weird. love with her. And yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was obsessed with that, too. That was... Um, And I listened to the 911 tape of the the CPS worker who so what was that guy's name anyway um the the wife had gone missing and um Josh Powell that's his name yes Josh and the the wife was Stacy right Susan Powell Susan Powell yes um so the wife had gone missing and they had two little kids and the husband was very sketch and insecure and all of the things. And his dad was like, come to find out like in love with Susan. And she just kind of put up with his advances and uh, yes. And um, so then she comes up missing and then something happens and CPS is involved and uh, he has monitored supervision and, she took him over to the house one day to have a visit. And I guess he like snatches the kids and closes the door. And um, so she like, Ew, this is weird. So she goes back to her car and calls 911. And was like, I smell gas and I don't know. And then like the house blew up. Like I watched that whole thing from start to fin- it just, oh, it's so good. I was just like, what, especially when they go on the, camera and they're like please bring him back or 
please return my wife or whatever. Or even mm-hmm. Susan Smith with the kids. Was that Susan mm-hmm. Smith who killed her kids? I don't remember. That she drowned her kids or something and said a black man had kidnapped her. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't remember her name, but I remember that story. Uh and she was on camera talking about, I mean, we could go on and on. Darlie Routier, that was in Rowlett. She killed her two boys. And she's on death row for... Anyway. I love it. I could talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were actually in LA on a family vacation when the OJ Bronco chase happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Are you yeah. serious? Yes. Yes. So we were in the hotel. We were in a hotel and it was like on every single station. And yeah, we were. was in LA when OJ was in the Bronco. Was on the run. What? We were on it. We were on a family vacation. It was a crazy family vacation. It's a whole nother podcast. All <laughs> and one of the wacky things that happened was OJ. <laughs> I was in um, scuba diving class. <laughs> what (laughs) it's one of those ones where like you know where you were when the oj simpson where you went yeah yeah i don't remember where i was with the chase but i i was in class when the road was like and i was like black people were cheering why are you cheering what's what what he killed those people he killed those people he completely (laughs) killed them i'm saying this oj if you ever hear this I know that you kill those people. He wrote a book and he titled it. <laughs> if I didn't do it, but if I did, he killed them. He totally killed yes. them. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. oh, he did. Okay. So I lied. I was in scuba diving class when they read, when he got the verdict, the verdict. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I don't remember what I was doing, Chase. Oh, I remember where I was during the chase. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> I was like there. <laughs> so crazy. Was I was in proximity. I was in proximity, which is weird because I live in Texas. That's yeah. all right. Why it's. <laughs> um, did, was it weird? Do you remember it being weird? Like after it was over or was it just because it was in L.A. Like or mm-hmm. were you. No, I, I mean, love to have been there. And I think my parents were just like, "This is the craziest." <laughs> like now he's in his Bronco, like driving down the highway, and the highway is shut down. But I mean, we, it's not like we were on the highway. So I think I would have packed up my kids and gone to an overpass so I could have waved at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what what Tyler's mom would have done too. Get in the van. Mama, yes. <laughs> We're oh, going to the library, but first we're going to stop by a murder scene. But first, Just hold on. <laughs> Your mom is good people in my book. If I have anything to contribute, I want to do this again because I know y'all have both really awesome personal <laughs> stories. Or do you want to tell them now? Katie's got to go help her son. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should just do this again. <laughs> okay. Yes. We need to do this again. Thank y'all for talking to me. And this is, I'm going to bed so energized because I love talking about this kind of stuff, <laughs> but we all come back and talk about this again. Yes. Sure. And I will like make sure that, I don't know, other people don't hear me talk. 
I don't know what to do. Just yeah. remind him, I was only 11 when I drove by that murder scene. So. <laughs> he didn't hear about that part. He just heard about me. He just heard me talking. So if I tell him about the blood running in the gutter, he's not going to sleep ever. Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> so I, I wouldn't lead with that. Uh, I probably would keep that one in the pocket, honestly. <laughs> Oh. <sighs> good night, ladies. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks for too. having us. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the theme music is a lo-fi hip-hop situation by Wise Band, and this podcast is produced by the Dallas Stacy. A couple things I need you to remember. I would bet my last dollar that Patsy Ramsey wrote that ransom note. And all lives can't matter until the brown ones do too. My name is Shannon, and have you noticed my salt and pepper bangs? <laughs> <laughs>